All right, everybody, welcome back to the eHunter podcast. I've got Seth with me again today. What's going on, Seth? Oh, not much. How are you? Just living the dream. I think I say that on every podcast, but hmm. uh, you know that nightmares are dreams too, so. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the uh, blue-collar man's way of saying I'm struggling, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's life. It's just it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, yeah, really, really can't is. do too much about it. <laughs> nope. You just play the cards you're dealt. So. Yeah. You wake up and you go to work the next day. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, right now we're kind of in the, the lull of things. We can't shed hunt here in Utah and really can't do a whole lot right now. So, I don't know. What are you doing? Are you getting ready for hunting season at all? Doing anything hunting related? Uh, looking at draw odds and that's about it. Because like you said, my, my big go-to excitement for spring is uh, we can't go look for sheds. So, they ruined that. And it's been almost too muddy anyways, because we've had an unprecedented amount of rain for, for the desert. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of in a holding pattern. Like you said, uh, not a lot you can do spring turkeys still what a month away for most people and, Mm -hmm. and you can't shed hunt and, uh, not enough snow on the ground to, to coyote hunt anymore. And (laughs) yeah. Or lion hunt, or we'll yeah. get into that more. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we got spring bear coming up, spring turkeys coming up, and yeah, we are right in the heart of application season. So hopefully everybody's getting their applications in. Who's open right now? Colorado's open. Colorado. Um, I think they're one of the earlier ones. I think uh, Wyoming might be open, but it's not their normal. They do it. They do like elk first, and then they do mm-hmm. hear an antelope later in the year. Right? I can't remember. I I don't really buy elk points up there. I typically am an antelope uh, deer guy up there. So weirdo. Um, Idaho is already passed because you have to you have to do that clear back in December. Now you have to pick your non-resident unit and all that. Yeah. So yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird i feel like it's getting later and later and later like i feel like utah should have already come and gone for application season it's hasn't even opened up yet it's coming up here in a couple weeks so yeah make sure you're getting those in um i know i've got my plans actually i really don't i've got my plans for uh for utah and arizona nevada is always kind of the same for me but colorado i'm still trying to decide on on what i'm gonna do out you're there. gonna guide me you're not gonna put in you're gonna guide <laughs> me and my cousin when we draw on your uh <laughs> ooh, i about said it no i don't know that you want me to guide you i won't be able to find any deer you that's yeah you will come on now yeah that's my playground out there where you're gonna say, i love that say, where we're going that's that's the money it yeah your your place to go it's a good area i love colorado i love hunting colorado it's just fun i, I just feel like I don't know why I put pressure on myself anywhere else. Like I, when I went down to Arizona, I felt like there was this pressure to perform and hit, you know, kill a, a good buck down there. And when I go to Colorado, it's just like, meh, if I kill something, I kill something, but it's more just to, just to be in the mountains of Colorado and have fun with some friends, you know? Right. I get it. I mean, it's, there's always, I think for me, it seems like there's always just a little bit of pressure other than a few places, you know, um, and Colorado kind of had that mystique. Like, I never really felt pressure to to get one last year until I seen one. You know what I mean? Until I saw one I actually wanted to take. For but for the most part, it was just was having a good time. I all I really wanted when we went was to to have my two hunting partners actually kill one, and they did. And so I was before I even seen the deer I ended up shooting at. I I was a happy camper. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess there's always that little bit of pressure. Like, I mean, you always want to kill something. You always want to punch that tag. And you don't, you know, no one likes tag soup. But I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, well, actually, last year, even here in Utah, I, I really didn't have a lot of pressure on my, on my archery over the counter deer or elk tag or my, my early season deer tag that I had. It was just, uh, I don't know. I was just having a good time. I'm, maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. I just love being out in the mountains. Just <laughs> with a weapon in my hand, having, having fun with some friends. So I, you know, I enjoyed your, my, uh, antelope hunt as much as I did anything yeah. last year. So, yeah. yeah, it was, 
It was uh, frustrating, but it was still fun. There were yeah. tons of fun moments mixed in. Yeah, so. we had a we had a good time. I'm excited for this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Got a lot of cool stuff lined up for this year. Um, should have another Utah tag. Should have my Colorado tag. So it's it's going to be a it's going to be a good year. Hopefully, get our, our my Utah elk tag this year. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that one because Utah you system might is, pass out if you do. Yeah, uh, if I breath. yeah if I do, I'm going to have to like go into like Aaron Rodgers four day darkness just to mm. really understand what's going what's happening because I'll be so shocked. Well, I mean, the truth of the matter is, with the changes on the elk hunting side you better do your research and that goes for everybody because they changed a ton of limited entry elk stuff yeah so you'll yeah. really want to dig into that and pay attention check out that podcast that i did with dax there's a lot of really good information in that podcast he kind of breaks down pretty much everything that's happened with it and uh yeah i mean you're gonna there's a lot of choices out there now you got to figure out what's best for you and what you want to do and you know, it's always been kind of easy in Utah for those that have lots of points. You put in for the early rifle, and hey, you you know that's that's the best op- opportunity out there. But now with dates changing and it's a shorter hunt, maybe it's not the best option. You know, in Utah, where you can use uh, scopes that are high powered and guns that are high powered, you know, muzzleloaders are high powered, and you know, maybe muzzleloaders the way to go, or maybe the late later season or mid season rifles the way to go. I don't know. Everybody's going to have their own, yeah. you know thing that they like so and they like say archery got some of those better dates so mm-hmm. is it become a, a closer look at archery depending on how many points you've got you yeah. know what i mean yeah and i feel like archery's gotten a lot more um popular you know uh, because mm-hmm. of the the cameron haynes is out there and these people that are just all all about archery a lot of people are moving to archery so you know if, you, if you're a guy that shoots your bow a lot Man, that yeah, you're right. That, that archery hunt stole some of the, the best dates for hunting elk, so it might be the best hunt. So it could be. Yeah, yeah, exciting stuff. So make sure you get put in for the hunts, though. Don't let those dates go by without uh, without getting in there. And yeah, do your research. Make sure you get the one that uh, that fits you you best. So, well, let's jump into our podcast today. Uh, we want to talk about just kind of all things e-hunter as far as what's up on the website, keep you guys up to speed with some of the news articles that have come out as well as some of our other articles. Um, I know there's a lot of people that hop on our website pretty much every day, but if you don't, uh, we want to kind of talk through some of those articles and we're going to do more of these kind of podcasts where we talk through uh, the the different laws that have taken place, different things that have happened. Obviously we'll continue to have our guests on, but we want to talk about some of these, uh, these articles and, and really, Kind of to segue from our last conversation, we have an article up on our on our website about the Colorado 2023 big game application period um, opening up. So you can go on there. There's some really good information in there. Uh, Seth, you wrote that one, didn't you? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good information in that one uh, as far as you know when you need to apply, the date that you need to apply by. That's always very important. Don't miss that date. But there's always different nuances. You know, I don't know, Seth, I don't know how many states you apply for, but every state has its different nuances, and it's kind of hard to remember which one is what. Yep, they all do something a little bit different, and uh, it can be somewhat overwhelming. So you'll definitely want to read that one and and get a feel for what's going on in Colorado. Yeah, very. every year, if you open up the brochures of most states, first couple pages is going to have the what's new section. And that's a very important section. A lot of that is put into our articles. So you go to the brochure, you can go to our articles. Articles are easier to read, I think, and puts it in more simple terms. So yeah, check out that article. Yep. So I wanted to make sure we we chatted about that. Also want to talk uh, (laughs) about some of these other articles that are probably a little bit more hot topic articles out there. And let's start with, let's just let's go off with a bang here um one of the biggest topics of conversation if you're on social media you've seen it you've heard about it uh some people are for it some people are against it but utah has changed it's uh mountain lion or cougar hunting um and and they did it in a very i don't know sly sneaky way and uh there's a lot of conservation groups that aren't aren't super happy about it. So, so Seth, give us a rundown of, of really just, just the, the Reader's Digest of what's going on. Okay. Well, 
I'll give you what don't, happened don't, and then don't go crazy. No, I'll give you what happened and then I'll <laughs> give you my feelings on it. Um, so the legislature, they passed a bill and they had several other changes that kind of got glossed over because this was a big deal. They, they changed a bunch of definitions. Um, I don't know if you noticed this one, Taryn, on the trail camera side, but they, uh, they changed it, you know, a year or two ago, we, everybody had a trail camera season, both, uh, private land and public land. You couldn't run trail cameras through, uh, August 1st to January 31st. Well, they changed that now. It's only a public land thing now. So private landowners are back to running trail cameras whenever they want. I so I did notice that, and uh, in fact, I, was, yeah. I had a conversation because my family, my wife's family, owns a lot of land in Utah and have, have run them for for different reasons, not hunting reasons, but they run trail cameras for theft and or to avoid theft and stuff like that. And so, yeah, we we noticed that, and we're talking about that just the other day. Yeah. And then obviously the big one is that they changed the kitty cat rules. So essentially what they did is listen up hunters and outdoorsmen. You've been living in a tent, roughing it in the great outdoors for over a week while chasing bucks or elk or whatever. Your beard may be coming in nicely, but there's one area that needs some attention when you get back home. We're talking about your nether regions, fellas. That's where the lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped comes in handy. This tool is designed to tackle even the wildest of forests while keeping your precious gun safe from any mishaps. With a ceramic blade that won't nick or snag and skin-safe technology, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the ultimate way to clean up down there after a week of roughing it. It's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower when you get home. You could use it in a lake, or I guess if, even if you get desperate, you could use it in a muddy puddle. So when you finally make it back to civilization after weeks in the wilderness, make sure you've got the Lawnmower 4.0 waiting for you. Your family jewels... And any lady friends will thank you as well. Use the code eHunter at checkout and get 20% off of any item. Again, that's eHunter, E-H-U-N-T-R, at checkout and get 20% off any item. They changed mountain lion hunting. They're, they're basically no longer a protected big game species in that they're not managed as a big game animal. They're almost managed in regards to the way Utah manages coyotes. The only Which, stipulation you have to have is you have to have a hunting license. If you have a hunting license, you can shoot a mountain lion. Um, it basically throws it open to wide open harvest. It uh, takes away all harvest objective units, any of that stuff. Um, the The basis of that is is the senator that I think it was a senator. I can't remember. He he floated the idea that that cougar populations have rebounded over the last ten years. Um, I, I don't know about that <laughs> with I, the, with the harvest objective hunts. I you, feel you like could basically hunt 90% of the state every year. Like yeah. it, it wasn't, it, you had to buy a tag, you obviously, and then they took harvest quota so that if there was too many killed, they would shut the unit down. Um, but I, I don't know what that that's neither here nor there. The, the, the bigger issue is. Uh, it, th this is taking a, a game species and, and just saying, yeah, we're going to manage it like coyotes, a varmint, yeah. essentially. Um, now, they did this. They claim to uh, help manage them more so that deer and elk numbers are can, can be helped or make sure that we can increase those numbers. Mm -hmm. um, overall, the bill is, is scheduled to take effect May 3rd, but it's got to go to the governor first. And he can veto it or not. Uh, um, now, everybody's got a different opinion. I'll let Taryn talk a minute before I go on. My... Well, I was just going to say, there, and there's a lot of people reaching out to the governor right now to tell him to veto it and, and get rid of it. Yeah. And, and, and you're probably going to go into this, Seth, but and I don't mean to steal your thunder on it, but... You know, when you look at the total number of mountain lions that are counted in the in the state, how many is it? Do you know off the top of your head? It's in the article. I think they put something along there. Um, they uh, they the claim. Let's see. I don't know if they even have listed it. They they tell you how many permits they released in 2022, which was 3,900 permits, mm -hmm. um, and they harvested just shy of 500 mountain lions last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're guessing around um, there's about 1,600 to 2,000 
mountain lions yeah. in the state. Which going back to what you were saying earlier is you know they're they feel like the the populations are increasing that they can do this and and justify this and and I think uh, I think that's more hearsay stuff. I think people are saying, oh yeah, I'm seeing them more often, right. and I am I'm I'm seeing them more often, right. but on the on you know, just to kind of argue that point or against that point is I spent a lot more time in the mountains than I have in recent year or in, you know, past years as well. I think people are spending more time in the mountains. So there's more sightings, there's more interactions with, with mountain lions than there have been in the past because people are out in the mountains more. I, I really don't see the numbers that ha- have increased that much. And yeah, according to, there's different groups that do the, the counting on it, but yeah, 1,600 to 2,000 mountain lions in the state. And then like you said, Seth, they're giving out 3,900 permits every year. And if everybody and killed, know, that would kill every single cat in the in the right. state. And they know that by and large, mountain lions are hard to kill. They're right. very secretive. They're very, very sneaky. Typically, if you, if you don't have a houndsman running them, the uh, the amount of people that have killed the spot and stock mountain lion have got to be very very low. Yeah. Um. They're just they're sneakier than you are. It, it's just as simple as that. Um. They're very skittish. So I can I can almost understand that that they know no you know they're not going to kill. But but let's be honest. If the population is set, if they if they believe it, let's see even go on the high number, and say it was two thousand. You took a quarter of that population last year. Yeah, that's that's a lot of harvest. That's more harvest than we harvest deer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. percent. That's yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of harvest. Um, and and I, I'll, I'll kind of get into it here. My 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 biggest issue is it, this subverted the North American wildlife management model in several ways. One. This was decided by legislatures or by the legislature, not by wildlife managers, right? right? The the Utah DNR had no say in it. The wildlife board had no say in it. They passed this law. Now you have to manage these, the wildlife this way. This, this is akin to the legislature in other states, essentially forcefully reintroducing wolves that everybody doesn't want right mm-hmm. and i get it it's a predator why don't you want wolves and why don't you want lions well lions the main regard to that is the 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 prey species deer and elk have grown up knowing that that's a a, a predator right? right they have dealt with that for generations they're you know genetically dispositioned to know that's a, a predator uh wolves not so much but that's number one issue that, that the legislature and probably the biggest issue. Truthfully, say, that's what a lot of people are there. Yeah. That's a lot of people are up in arms about that. And I I'm with them. I mean, that's, that's not how right. you should make these decisions. The legis- legislation shouldn't be making these decisions. And similar to, I mean, we talked about this with wolves in Colorado. We've talked about this in so many other topics that legislation shouldn't be making these decisions. Leave these decisions to people that know what's going on. Exactly. And, you know, the other the other twist of this is i'm i'm pro hunting every every species in my mind should have if it's a it's a if it has a healthy population every species should be managed and hunted correctly that that's how the conservation model works mm-hmm. um that being said my thing is what what is this going to accomplish because right. overall the legislature tells you oh we're going to we're going to make sure we have more deer and elk. How many? Because truthfully, you're you're attacking. Over the last five years, Utah has changed their bear laws. They've instituted, they've had a coyote bounty forever to try to kill the coyotes to protect the deer. They've changed bear hunting laws so that you can kill more bears because they're eating the deer. Now you've you've already five years ago, you changed the predator or the cougar hunting laws to go to a pure harvest objective on 90% of the state. So you don't have to draw a tag. You just buy a tag and go. Mm-hmm. So there's constant hunting pressure there yet. They've done this because they cite, well, we're still losing deer and elk. But when do you look in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe it's not four legged predators. Yeah. Maybe it's humans and they're ex- continuous expanding into areas. Um, 
and, and not building anything to protect the ungulates that we we want around. Everybody wants ungulates. Everybody wants deer. Everybody loves deer, elk, moose. We all love those. But I think taking out your frustrations on the lack of deer and elk on mountain lions makes no sense. Yeah. There's yeah, they... several studies online you can pull up and look at what a mountain lion eats. Yeah, he's going to eat a deer if he can catch it. Yeah. There's several that don't kill a deer for t- 20 days, mm-hmm. 25 days. There's several studies in in Colorado they eat turkeys and porcupines more than they eat deer. Right. So I guess my my biggest thing is this is you you've took a, a game species that was managed just fine, changed it, attacked it and the outcry is awesome. I, I like the the people saying, "Hey, this is done wrong." We need to veto this and look at it a different way. But I also was very, very disheartened by the amount of hunters that were like, good, kill them all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I get it. They're a predator. They're in direct competition with us. They're, they're killing, quote, unquote, your deer. Like, I get the anger. But at the same time, I can't wrap my head around killing a species that's native to the U.S. that has kind of holds a mystique almost, right? Everybody, I mean, you've said this, you want to kill a nice a mountain lion. You've yeah. brought it up in other podcasts because yeah. it has that mystique of it is, and people like to talk about it, it is the only North American big cat other than jaguars. And jaguars are basically pushed out, right? Yeah. So it is unique in that it is the only North American big cat. And you're, you're telling me you want to kill it off just because it happens to hunt the same thing you do. I, I think that's very short-sighted and it goes against everything that hunters supposedly believe in, in the North American conservation model, that there should be a space. And, and obviously we don't want too many. That's, that's part of managing, but there should be a space for every keystone predator. There should be a space for lots of ungulates. They should all be here. But the problem and, is, the, you know, you, the problem is like you were saying earlier is that's yeah. Mountain lions do eat them. They are definitely a direct competitor to us. But if you look at like just the impact that humans have on them, not hunters, I'm not saying hunters, the impact that hunters have on them. I'm, t- I'm saying humans, the impact that humans have on them with our expansion. You know, everybody, you love your, your suburb home, you know, that, yep. you, that, that suburban home. You love that. You love that cabin in the mountains. Well, that is taking away the, you know, places for these things to live. And, and by default, the deer and the elk herds are going to decrease because they don't have the habitat to to survive in those areas and so and i'm not saying you stop building i'm not one of those crazy people but just i think people just need to understand what what all impacts these these populations and these these numbers i'm i'm not a proponent for yeah let's just let mountain lions run crazy but i'm exactly. not I, i'm not going to subscribe to the uh, kill them all mentality either like you just said I, there's there's definitely a place for them, there's, and they've been here forever. And like you said, the the ungulates, the deer, the elk, they're used to that predator. They they know how to work with that predator. You know, wolves a different story. They'll look at a wolf and think, oh, hey, that's like a kind of like a coyote. It's probably not going to hurt me, bother me, yeah, exactly. until ten more show up and then it's dead. So wolves are a little bit of a different subject, but in that same breath, there's a place for for wolves too. I think wolves are beautiful. Yeah. They're a beautiful animal. They're an amazing right. animal, and what they do and and they're fascinating. They're absolutely fascinating to me. Right. Um, where they need to be and where they are and, and you know, managed appropriately. And so, like you said, the management plan was working for mountain lions. And, and the reason it was working is because the people that knew how to make these decisions and were making these decisions, they were managing it correctly. And, and by letting this happen, and, and you were right, yes, it is a senator um, from here in Utah. Yeah. It, he introduces this, gets this passed, sneaks this in. That's again. That, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. say that again. That is probably the biggest thing that bothers me about this. Is it really was they, they snuck it in? Um, I hope that the governor will will veto this, I, and, and I also hope that from this comes a little bit more attention to issues like this, mainly the issues of, of bringing stuff into a bill that shouldn't be in a bill, um, yeah. and then also really big game management you know big game management needs more attention it needs uh you know more resources sent to it i've got a good friend that's a a biologist and and we talk all the time about this that they they just need more resources they need more help they need more attention on some of these things in a positive way not in a negative way and and this is this has really become a negative way 
Right. Well, and that's and that's the the final point I'll make on this. Two quick ones. One, if they're so willing to to do this this work, right, from the legislative side, then let's let's get down to brass tacks. I was going to use another word. But <laughs> let's get let's get down to brass tacks. That's like a very 1920s statement, though. Brass. Let's yeah. get down to brass tacks. And and free up some stuff that actually can help if, if you're because the main point I heard from them is it's a deer and elk related issue, right? That from the the senators. So let's free up some money, you know, all that stuff nobody wants to free up and build some of these things you talked about when you talked about the continuing urban sprawl and the expansion. I mean, you can't build six lane six lane highways through the mountains and not lose deer and elk, right? Nobody wants to talk about the amount of deer and elk that die on the side of the road every day. They want to talk about, well, mountain lions are killing them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They are killing them. But I can tell you what's killing just as many, if not more. And I know it's more. That's the SUVs and the trucks and the cars ripping up and down the highways that cut through the mountains. Mm-hmm. I especially this, especially this winter with the amount of snow that they've got. It's pushed those deer and elk right onto the freeway mm-hmm. and the highway. Yeah. So you've killed tons of them. I, I saw it every day at my old day job. We, we helped the divisional wildlife. They got parts and, and equipment from us. I heard it constantly. Oh, uh, we lost, you know, seven deer today on this roadway. Like, well, seven deer. Uh, you know how long it takes a lion to kill seven deer? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like months. I, Six, eight months, ten months. Yeah, and we've got <laughs> we've got one, I uh, one high profile, safe wildlife crossing, up up Parley's Canyon. Yeah. That's it. They haven't put any effort into any of it. And and I, I am slightly bitter because you see all these fundraising, you see all this money, and then I know they're using it to help, but how much of it is going back to the legislature and how much is actually going to wildlife? And I know I'm going to get people riled up, but but truthfully, you're going to generate all this money. Start start protecting things that we know are killing more than the, the mountain lion or the bear. You know, they, they did the same thing to bears. They increased the... The harvest objective on all units that the deer population was was uh, hurting because like oh we'll kill more predators which I get you're going to save a few deer but it'd save a heck of a lot more if you had a way for them to cross across this urbanization easily or yeah um and you know the last point I'll make and I'll shut up it's pretty sad when you would think the the number one person that would be for this bill which is mule deer conservation groups when they are sending letters to the governor to ask him to veto it, that yeah. should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Cause the, the, the deer that, that supposedly they're trying to protect and the deer that are definitely going to be eaten by the mountain lion, that conservation group is still asking them to veto this bill. So it's, it's not, it does, it's short sighted. I think there's tons of different ways you could, you could work to make it better for the deer and elk. So you don't like this bill. <laughs> Sorry. If you couldn't get my 20 minutes of rambling, I don't like it. No. Uh, there's a lot of people. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast. And you know what's funny is a lot of people, when I first talked started talking about this to people, they're like, oh, sweet. All right. Yeah. We can hunt mountain lions anytime we want. That's fantastic. But then you start looking at the details of it. You're like, oh, this just feels dirty. This just doesn't feel right. And it. it's not. And, you know, while you're talking, I was just thinking, you know, of human priority. As humans, we prioritize everything. It's more of a priority for us to get to Denver, Colorado in eight hours than it is to have deer and elk on the landscape. You know, they need that. We need that six lane highway or freeway across there so we can get there very quickly and easily. And, you know, you, no one gives to, mm-hmm. you know what, about yep. the, the the deer and elk at that point. So the priority is, oh, let's let's get there fast and easy and it's right. it's not a big deal. Uh, until this comes along like oh well yeah but we, st- we do want the deer and elk we want to see those too i mean they right. uh, you want one hand and crap the mm-hmm. other one and see which mm-hmm. one gets full faster so <laughs> and and the thing is is both me and taryn both me and taryn come from the group that we're not the kind of people that you know you, you hear these crazy well we need to revert back and and get rid of everything and and no the thing is no, if we have yeah. all this tech in the world and we have we generate a lot of money in this state for wildlife. We have a really good track record of it. So why can we not do something better than just killing a, a North American species, 
eventually down to scraping by. You're not going to get them all, but you're if you pass this, you're going to you're going to scrape them right to the bottom of the barrel. Where instead, you could be putting your time and effort and money into things like protecting them from getting hit by cars or protecting them from drought. Mm-hmm. Let's get more guzzlers on the landscape. Let's get more water on the landscape. Uh, uh, neighboring states, especially the one we just talked about not too long ago. They don't have any kind of real aggressive mountain lion hunting going on. You can't run them with hounds. You can't do a lot of things in Colorado, yet they've got tons of deer and elk. Now, granted, they're a little different, but their main difference is, you know what it is? There's a lot more water yeah, on the landscape. Exactly. And we can't we can't change that by making it rain more. Right. You know, there's only so much we can We're do. We're still a desert. But you still got to put forth the effort into those two things, I think, way more than the effort into killing mountain lions right yep a lot of there's a lot of information on the website about this highly encourage you guys to go on and and read about this um there's some links in there that you can click on to to get even more detail on this but please you know i hope everybody's listening please let your voice be heard on this we always ask for that i hope you guys are doing it reach out to the governor hopefully he does veto this and and we can bring attention to this in a different way. Um, before we leave Utah, though, one of the article that uh, I'm just going to bring up, I'm not going to go into it, but there was an article that we put up on our website about some some poaching incidents in Beaver County. Um, Beaver County is, if you don't know Utah very well, it's one of the better or best units in the state for elk hunting now. Um, and there, there. Oh, hey Siri, hello. She's <laughs> dude. That's funny. She, she really just. Googled best elk hunting units in Utah. Wow, Whoa. that's creepy. She's reading, she's reading your mind. Man, it's not even time to put in for Utah applications yet. Come on, Siri, get, get me with Colorado. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there was a, an elk and also a deer fawn that were, were, were poached there. But if you want to read about that, that's another Utah article for all you Utah yeah, there guys was actually, there. there was actually a lot of those. There was, so there was, I think, what, a deer and a bull elk. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was that was during the hunting season, yeah, yeah. Back during the hunting season, they just left them lay, yeah. Uh, and then I thought there was one other one, but maybe not. Maybe I'm. I, it's been a while. Well, since there's I been quite a one. few poachings. I just wanted to point that one out because no. beavers getting so much yeah, attention, and right. a lot of people are looking at beaver. And right. uh, I mean, you're, you're we're starting to see those kind of things, and you 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 see that you see that in some of these units that get bigger and better, you know. I remember when the Ponsagant was like becoming big time for, for deer, you know, and yep. pe- there, right in the beginning, there was a lot of people that started poaching some of those deer and it really sucked. Uh, it, happened in, it happened on the Oak Creek too. Yeah. Oak, Oak Creek, Creek started too. getting really big and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you started seeing a lot more poaching incidents. Two, do you remember the one two years ago, that, that deer that was poached a couple of years ago in Oak Creek? Mm-hmm. Man, it was yeah. a beast. Yep. So yeah, you're going to start seeing those things creep up so yeah check out that article there's a lot of, there's some information in there but yeah it'll probably get everybody's fire lit on them lit under them especially the utah <laughs> folks so the other article i want to move to, to wyoming because i know we have a lot of wyoming guys that listen to the podcast um is the the new hunting laws that were passed for 2023 and um seth i'll kind of let you take this one as well i, I want to touch on the non-resident changes um mm-hmm. but if there's any other laws that you feel like we need to to talk about let's let's go into those so my biggest thing I can tell you guys, if you're really wanting to get into this, read the article, because there are so many new changes where there's no way we can cover all of them. But um, a big one that uh, this gears towards non-residents more than residents, but uh, they increased the special draw fee for elk, deer, and antelope, as well as they increased all their big-time species, which is sheep, goat, moose, bison and grizzly bear if they ever get a hunt going um they increase those even more um so luckily they for for guys like me who have wyoming points they (laughs) haven't they haven't increased the regular non-resident draw uh costs but all the special fees have went up drastically um so you'll want to take a look at that we're not talking a ten dollar twenty dollar increase here we're talking several hundred dollars on a lot of these um and thousands of dollars on the the sheep and the the bison and stuff so you'll definitely want to look into those 
Um, another one that uh, kind of slipped by is they um, they changed uh, the shed season for non-residents. So the shed hunting season in Wyoming uh, on the west <laughs> western half of the state uh, opens May 1st. Well, now that opens May 1st for residents. Non-residents can't shed hunt it until May 7th. So they gave them a seven-day delay on top of it. So um, I know a lot of guys go up there. It's kind of an event to to go and, and chase elk sheds and stuff on the WMAs on May 1st. But uh, you'll want to watch that. You'll, you'll be behind the eight ball. You'll have seven days behind everybody else. And they're all um, going to be gone by then. Yeah, I don't know about that, but there'll be a lot. The way they get pretty rowdy on some of that property for the elk sheds, yeah. there'll be some missing for sure. But um, we know a couple of guys up there that'll get rowdy as well. So yeah, they'll they'll run you off the road with their four wheeler. And... <laughs> I hope they're listening and they know who they are. I hope they are too. Um, <laughs> there's a couple. There's a couple others. Uh, there was some private property ones in. Uh, really brought up in regards to shed hunting because they were having some issues with with trespassing to shed hunt not necessarily to hunt but to shed hunt and before that there was they could only really charge you with a trespass fee right they couldn't get you for trespass to hunt which is a misdemeanor or a felony even i can't remember um but they changed that so now if you end up uh crossing or or trespassing to shed hunt it's going to be treated as a um basically a wildlife violation so they can take away hunting regulate or your hunting rights and and bigger stuff so you'll want to check into that one too i mean let's be honest we shouldn't be trespassing to get to the sheds but i get it sometimes maybe see a great big one but don't do it um so hard i've had this happen so many times where i'm looking like when i'm shed hunting and i mean we all have onyx nowadays and you're walking along and you hit a you know a, a fence line that has it's private property and see something out there you you want to get whether it's a shed or or anything you know you're just like oh man i want to go get that (laughs) (laughs) don't do it don't do it because they'll bring the hammer down you look at stuff you're like man nobody's around i could just snag it don't Mm -hmm. do it you don't want to you don't want to play with fire like that exactly Um, you want to be you don't want to be an article on e-hunter's website (laughs) yeah exactly um and then there's a, a small mountain lion change up there. It's nothing too major. And then there's um, the change of artificial light and infrared imaging on predatory animals. So you'll want to go read the article, dig into that stuff a little bit better. And then at the bottom, there's also a link that takes you to the full report from uh, the division or the Wyoming Fish and Game or Game and Fish. I can't remember which way they classify themselves, but. There's a link there that'll give you an in-depth report too once you read what we've got on it. So if well, you need more info. Yeah, Wyoming's one of the more popular states to put in for. You know, Colorado, I think, is probably the most popular state to put in for, but Wyoming's up there. Um, there's just a lot of opportunity to go and hunt. And so, you know, there's a lot of non residents that hunt that hunt Wyoming. And so a lot of this stuff you it may just slip in there and you may not even know about it until it's too late and you're putting in for the draw and you're like holy crap what is what is this number all about so um it's better to be informed and know ahead of time and so like like seth said if you hop on the website um all the numbers are there for each of the licenses so that you're you're not just blown away you kind of know what you're what you're getting yourself into and and plan accordingly you know maybe maybe things have gone up and you can't do something anymore or or whatever, but um, man, I hope that grizzly bear comes out. That seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah, seventy five hundred dollars. That's so, almost as much as going to Alaska. It really. Oh, geez, yeah. You could you yeah. could do a lot of hunting for seventy five hundred dollars for that. But you know what? I mean, some people, a, the grizzly bears, just that it's on that bucket uh, list, you know. So yep. Yep. I don't know. Mystique. I don't know that it's on my list. Maybe with a recurved traditional bow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, if I shoot a grizzly, it's from a long freaking way away. So, <laughs> uh, so those are the main articles that I wanted to touch on. Um, again, make sure you're checking out the website every day. Lots of new stuff going up. A lot of really good information. We'll keep you guys up to speed. There's also some fun stuff that's that's up there. Uh, probably going to do a podcast on the top 10 underrated cartridges um, of all time. Yep. 
Uh, <laughs> those, I mean, I've had some I fun ones with that. It was all time. Does it just say under? Uh, I don't. I think it just says underrated hunting. Or, yeah, it's, underrated hunting. Yeah, it says ton ten underrated hunting cartridges. I don't think we wanted to dive into that top, that top of all time. Of all I, time, I a lot of a lot of <laughs> upset people giving me death threats, like the last time we wrote an article like that. Uh, I love some of these articles though, because I, I feel like <laughs> or some of these uh, these cartridges, because I feel like there's just ones that you haven't heard about in a long time. Um, right. Like I said, I think we're going to do an, a podcast just solely on that, get some people involved and, and get their input on it. But, you know, some of these are coming back, you know, the, the 280 actually improved is, is starting to get a little bit more attention, but now that the, the seven at PRC and 28 nozzles are out, it's probably going to disappear again. But I love that we had the suite on there and some of these other guns, um, the, the, facebook groups that have been involved in this they uh they're eating this up so they they really like the swede too i i there's a lot of people when i when i've been looking at the facebook comments they're like man i'm so glad they included the swede you know that, that old six five doesn't get a lot of love but a lot of people seem to like it when it when it was in there so. yeah you know, one thing is, you, you guys may not know this, maybe you do know this, but you can leave comments on our on each of these articles um, down at the bottom. If you go in, down to the very bottom of the article, you can you know leave a comment. So highly encourage you guys go in and, and leave a comment. What which one did we leave off the list? And if you'd like to be part of our next podcast, um, or maybe new, not our next one, but the podcast that we do on this, uh, love to be able to call you and and have your input on it. So, so go down to the bottom, leave a comment on, did we just, did, did we nail the list perfectly or is there something else that should have been on the list or is there something on it that uh, shouldn't have been on there? Love to, to hear you guys' thoughts on that before we do that podcast. Yep. I've already been told that I left the 270 off, but I'm like, uh, wait, whoa, whoa, 270? Yeah. Just a normal 270? Uh -huh. Yes. Correct. How is it underrated? That's what I said. I said, I would argue that it is very popular. Yeah. That's like one of the most popular <laughs> yeah. cartridges yeah. in the history. I mean, if you were going to go all time, yeah. it's one of the most popular cartridges of all time. Yep. Yep. And I, you, you still get some guys out there like, no, it's underrated. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't think it is. I think, I think it's probably one of the most popular ever, but... <laughs> That's interesting. I'd really like to get some of these, you know, there's, there's a lot of these guys out there that are very, um, you know, lever action guns or long range uh, hunters or, or whatever the case may be. I'd love to get some of their input on, you know, is there a gun that they see in their world, you know, in the lever world or in the long range world that is is very underrated, you know. I, I was thinking of, today as you and I were talking about, you know, the, the 6.5 uh, 300 Weatherby, I think it is. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not something that you see very often, but how does it, you know, how does it stack up to the 6.5 PRC and, and some of these other uh, yep. cartridges out there? So there, there's a lot of these cartridges that used to be popular that have kind of fallen off and are, you know, some that just never got there. So the 7MMO8's getting a lot of love on that list too. Yeah. So that one, yeah, a lot of guys seem to like that one. And you guys know I love that gun. That's my wife's gun. I took it to Alaska with me. That is a, it's hard to beat that gun and what it can do for, for what it is. So, yeah, yeah I love that um, gun. Some of the other articles, just a quick, sh you know, there's a bunch up there. If you're interested, go check them out. But they've we got one where we covered that. Uh, I never got to talk to you about it, but the feral cattle, the wild cattle. Oh, yeah. In, uh, New Mexico. Yeah. They're going to shoot them with a, shoot them out of a helicopter. <laughs> and so where's the beef? That's right. Uh, they should just throw it open. I'll I'll pay for a beef. Tag. I would you too. Talk about grass fed beef, man. Yeah, that's some that's some high end uh, protein right there. That's the um, thing. These culling projects, like, dude, make some money off of it. Give us yeah. a a permit or whatever it takes. Especially a in that situation, because they always say, "Oh, we don't want it to be a trophy hunting thing." Well, you can't really it's trophy a hunt cow. a wild cow, man. Yeah. yeah. So just. I mean, I guess you could because we, we hunt buffalo and they're a wild cow. But still. <laughs> I'm not going to mount it and put it up on my wall. Let's just say no, that. Uh, I'm not mounting a, a bovine. Uh, no. <laughs> this is no. a black Angus that I shot. <laughs> but I'll bet that meat is probably the best beef oh, that you'll oh, ever man. eat. So. <laughs> and man, man. And then uh, there's a Minnesota wolf hunting article up there. They're they're looking to try to, to basically ban it. Uh, they don't even have a hunt right now, but they're they're putting stuff in in motion that if it does 
get to that point, they're going to try to block all wolf hunting. So mm-hmm. you can read into those a little bit, see what's going on. Um, but yeah, check it out. Yeah. Going to give a shout out real quick to, to our boys over at Henry Rifles. Um, got a new article up on their, on their new Homesteader 9mm. It's a uh, mm-hmm. semi-automatic rifle. Uh, we've kind of touched on it here on the podcast, um, hoping to get our hands on one here pretty soon. But that thing is is pretty dang cool. But check out the uh, the article that's that's up on that. It's a it's a pretty cool gun. So super grateful for uh, Henry and their relationship with us. Good bunch of guys. Good amazing guns. And so um, who else yep. do we need to do any other shout outs today? Um, I guess definitely do a shout out for for Manscaped. You guys heard the the ad on yep. that. But make sure that you guys uh, go to manscaped.com. Um, use the code eHunter at checkout. Save yourself some money. Help us out here at the podcast. Um, I, I love my my Manscaped products. So, oh, um, man, that that beard hedger yeah. for a guy that always has a beard, man. Dude, keep it trim, but keep it there. Not have to have accidental trimming like I did before I had mm-hmm. Manscaped. Uh, and then I'm I'm a big proponent of the freaking weed whacker, man. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but as I've gotten older, I've got like the gnarliest brushy nose hair it drives mm-hmm. me freaking crazy so the weed whacker is where it's at <laughs> well and it's so convenient like i travel a lot for my other my, for my real job and uh <laughs> and it's yeah. so nice just to take that and i can you know I, I can feel like i'm groomed up all the time i don't have to worry yeah. you know about not being that way i look I, in fact I, it's funny somebody made a comment at work the other day that you know like my beard's always nice and trimmed and and whatnot <laughs> i, I kind of giggled to myself and i actually told them i said well, go to Manscaped and use a Cody Hunter. <laughs> so they're like, "What the heck?" Yeah, yeah I mean I'll... it. It keeps you. It keeps it nice. You don't have to worry about anything. I mean, especially that that new beard hedger. You you don't have to take the guard off. I don't know if you. I mean, yeah. you've seen it, but I don't know if the the listeners have seen it. You you don't have to take the guard off. You just click a roller wheel. Mm-hmm. And you can set it to whatever length you want, and it's so nice because you like say you don't pop the guard off and forget you've taken the guard off or <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> whatever super else. Easy. It, it's it is it's super easy, and they have tons of good stuff. They've got deodorant now for like your armpits. They've got you got uh, ball deodorant. Oh, but yeah, they do have ball deodorant. They've got um, my brain died. I was going to bring up something else, and it's just gone now. Do they oh, got cologne? Cologne. Oh, yeah. They got tons of stuff. They've got boxer briefs. I mean, they got yeah. all sorts of stuff. Man, so. uh, man smelling lotions. So you, yeah, if you, you got dry hey. skin, I, I, mean, no. I like I just... that. By the way, <laughs> have it, like uh, I'm not a uh, I'm not a lotion wearer because I hate all the frilly smells and I I hate lotion. Anyways, yeah. I, feel like I hate the greasy greasiness right. of it. But theirs isn't super greasy and smells really good. So you know, if you're not a cologne guy, you know cologne is still there. But I feel like it's kind of an older generation. You know, now yeah. you can just grab some of that lotion, throw it on. It's it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's it's a lot of good stuff. And and that code, like I say, twenty percent off plus you get free shipping. So yeah, it can't it beat definitely it. saves you some money. So for a really, really good product. So and as yep. always, uh final shout out we want to give to Vortex Optics. Um check them out, vortexoptics.com. Got the new Razor LHT on my twenty eight nozzler. Um, dude, you know what? That is such a light gun. I'm so happy. I, rub, I, rub it in. Rub it in some more. Rub yeah. it in. Come hey, on. You have, this, you have the same <laughs> scope. Don't, don't. I have the same, same scope, but I don't have no fancy lightweight gun. Oh, it's so crazy. Like, I, I don't know why I've been hauling these freaking guns around. And uh, this is going to sound bad for, to Vortex, but you know that, that Razor um, Gen 2, you know, amazing scope. Dang thing weighs so much. Yeah, so, that was a bench, a bench scope. That's for yeah. long range shooters. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a long range shooter, target shooter, no, there's no better scope out there than that scope. It is absolutely amazing. But for hunting, and, and especially because I'm doing a lot more backpack hunting these days, this this LHT, because it goes five to twenty two power. You know, you've got a fifty millimeter uh, objective out there. I mean, it, it's such a nice lightweight scope it's got the turrets on i mean it's just it's hard to be super super clear i mean yeah when you're hunting it's it's low light condition stuff even when you don't think it is it's cloudy it it just i mean it makes it so nice like i i hunted that whitetail with it Mm -hmm. no no questions you know it's like kind of early in the morning kind of that pre-dawn put it on and can see him can see the stuff around him i mean it's just yeah it's just 
so so nice it's hard to beat it it's hard to beat it and it's uh we're going to record a podcast on on optics for you guys um talking about some of our favorite optics obviously it's probably going to be a little bit biased to vortex um but we want to just kind of do a review of, of what you need. We have a lot of new hunters that listen to the podcast. And so we want to get a, a podcast out there to you guys that are maybe newer into this or, or maybe been hunting for a long time, but looking to upgrade your optics. I've got a great friend um, that is upgrading his optics right now. And uh, I'm super excited for him to start using some of this new stuff. I think it's going to change the game of hunting for him. Um, obviously, he's going all Vortex, and it's hard to beat the price. It's hard to beat the quality. So shout out to them. Check them out. Um, I think probably the best place to, to purchase their stuff is on uh, Optics Planet. Uh, links down in, in all the show notes and in our socials and whatnot for, for their uh, their website to go on and, and get stuff. So, All right, Seth, uh, that is going to wrap us up for this episode of the podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Make sure you go to the website, ehunter.com, E-H-U-N-T-R.com. Check out these articles and get more information on them. Again, leave comments on them if you have questions about them. Would be happy to answer any of those those questions or reply to your comments. Love to interact more with you guys. Um, But we will see you all on the next one. Seth, you got anything else before we go? Just hitting to jump off of Terrence thing, hit us with any question, any hunting question. If we don't know what we know, a ton of people through this podcast and, and the website, we will, we will get you an answer. It doesn't have to be about the articles or anything else. You can hit us up with a question about whatever hunting related and, and we'll get to the bottom of it or we'll make a podcast out of it and maybe have you on the podcast. So yeah, let us, let us know. Yeah. I'd love to have a lot of you guys on the podcast. There's, there's a lot of you guys that are very knowledgeable and a lot of different things. And so love to spread that knowledge around. So, All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, leave us a review, all that stuff. Remember, we're running that that, uh, pro, what do you want to call it? Contest, program, whatever you want to call it um, for the the Onyx uh, membership. So make sure to go on and, and give us a review. So thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks. See ya.